Let us pray together. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, and the way that we choose to walk through life together, may all of this be pleasing to you. We pray this through Christ. Amen. So as we heard in the children's time this morning, eight of us from our congregation went to Washington, D.C. two weeks ago to call for a ceasefire in Gaza and a return of all hostages. And after our morning of singing and praying and some of us committing civil disobedience, in the afternoon, we fanned out to go take a petition letter signed by 5,000 folks to the different representatives from our states. And on that very cold morning, Bob Martin was experiencing very serious hip pain, but was still completely determined to go to the two senator offices, uh, our senators from Pennsylvania. And so a couple of us hooked arms with Bob. You have to know also the sidewalks were snowy and icy. Two of us, Fred Oberholzer on one side, right Bob? Me on the other. We hooked and linked arms and walked to the Senate office together, past the Library of Congress, past the Capitol, past the Supreme Court. And since the sidewalks were so icy and we were walking three abreast, we had to slow down. And I noticed that we were starting to match the pace of Bob, finally. (laughs) Our strides were Bob's strides. And along the way, I felt something beautiful taking place, a kind of solidarity, a kind of joy, a kind of connection between us in a new way. Because we all got there together. And so I have to tell you, you know, this story was on my mind as I or this experience was on my mind as I started to read our gospel story for this morning about Jesus walking down the shoreline of the sparkling sea of Galilee. And I noticed how right away Jesus invites Simon and Andrew not to sit down for a lecture, but instead he invites them to come follow him, to come walk with him, to come talk with him, to pray with him, and to share life at his side. And amazingly, I always, do you ever wonder about that? They did, (laughs) right? Jesus calls them to leave everything, and they do. And then a little bit later, so do James and John. And then in the next chapter, while Jesus is walking along, it says, 
It's then that he calls Matthew from his H&R block tax booth to come and follow him. And I don't know about you, but it's at this point that I wonder if the disciples, the new followers of Jesus, turn to Jesus and say, uh, <clears throat> now that we're following you, could you tell us where we're going? <laughs> but as they will soon discover, with Jesus, the going there is much more important than the getting there, right? The going there, the journey, is much more important than the final destination. You see, Jesus has come to save and heal a world that is radically out of step with what God intends. Repent, Jesus says today, the kingdom of God is at hand. Modern translation, stop walking in the wrong direction. And set your feet on the way that leads to life. And for three years, Jesus now patiently walks an estimated 1,500 miles with his disciples. Jesus wants to show them a way of life, a path of love. And he never tells them that he is the answer. Instead, he tells them that he is the way. And the earliest name given to the followers of Jesus in the book of Acts is precisely that. People of the way. Isn't that lovely? What if Christians were actually known that way? People of the way. People of the way. Jesus knows That walking together side by side opens up a transformational space. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally. That is different, radically different than sitting across the table eyeball to eyeball. As your pastor, you all tell me stories in Musser Park when we're walking around. You all share the depths of your hearts in a way that you never would sitting in my office. <laughs> right, Esther? Right. <laughs> Amen. What is that? What is that? In his book, The Great Spiritual Migration, Brian McLaren says that Jesus comes to guide our feet into the way of love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of self, love of creation. He comes to show us that there's no one, absolutely no one outside the circle of God's love and concern. That's basically what Jonah 
learns today in our story. Nobody is outside God's care and concern. But how will the women and men following Jesus ever catch Jesus' beautiful vision? Well, by walking with Jesus, by matching his pace, his strides, walking apprenticeship, incarnational discipleship. And folks, that's why for 500 years now, we Anabaptists have used two simple words to describe what our faith is really all about. Following Jesus. To paraphrase Hans Denk, there's no way of ever really knowing Christ until you actually start following him. Until you start walking with him in daily life. True religion is not a set of abstract beliefs, but a way of life. True religion is a path of love. So have you ever noticed how much print walking gets in the Bible? <laughs> A great, great deal. From the get-go, we see God walking through the garden in the evening breeze with Adam and Eve. Isn't that a lovely image? God loves to walk with us. And folks like Noah, who have a close relationship with God, are said to walk with God. People who walk with God. Walking is actually mentioned 300 times in some Bibles and only 200 times in other Bibles. Do you know why? It's a translation thing because in Hebrew, walking doesn't just mean to move your feet, but also to live and to conduct yourself in a certain way. And so Micah 6.8 which says to walk humbly with God, can also be faithfully translated to live humbly with God as well. And Jesus in the Bible is the Bible's most persistent pedestrian. Peripatetic. Amen? I had to Google that to make sure my pronunciation was right. A peripatetic, a, wa a walker. And wherever Jesus goes with his disciples, he takes his sweet time. We don't ever see Jesus rushing around in a frenzy or giving in to impatience or violence. He moves at the speed of love and what is the speed of love? Three miles an hour. As fast as he can walk. And Jesus always has the time to see people 
to stop and to connect with them. And that at rock bottom, I believe, is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about catching people. It's that ability to stop wherever we are in our work and to really see and connect with people. Our Lord Jesus uses... Whoops, I jumped ahead here. So, have you ever noticed that what we sometimes do when we're faced with an unsolvable problem or a creative block or a serious case of the blues? <laughs> what do we often do but go out on a walk, right? Why do we do this? There's actually very solid science behind what happens when we get stuck? That there's nothing better for us than to go out and to start moving. You see, in times of anxiety, stress, or fear, we tend to get stuck in the lower downstairs part of our brain, sometimes called the reptile part of our brain of flight and fright. Walking with its side-to-side -side motion with its bilateral uh, stimulation goes and helps us to move upstairs in our brains with their greater capacity, actually right up here, where we have a greater capacity for imagination, creativity, and love. Our Lord Jesus uses walking to open up new vision, imagination, and creativity in his followers. That's what's happening, by the way, in the story of the road to Emmaus. As Jesus walks with Cleopas and his friends, he opens their minds to where the scriptures have been going all along. Jesus takes us upstairs in our brains and deeper into our souls. A week ago, I went out for a long, long walk with Chad Martin, executive director of Chestnut Housing and a dear friend. From our church, we walked southeast to see the homes that they're renovating for affordable housing on Rockland, Strawberry, and Manor Streets. But so very much else also happened on our walk together. We talked about our lives, our families. We connected with the beauty of the wintry day. We watched the great streams of crows that fly over our city in winter, right? And we also noticed something that you will absolutely never notice when you're in a car. Where the hills are. <laughs> Did you know that when you're walking eastward from here on Orange Street? Did I say eastward? Westward, thank you. Very important. Westward. You pass the Sollenbergers on the right, Hans and Vanessa on the left, and all of a sudden your feet start feeling an incline, right? 
And then by the time you get to the highs, the hill crests. And then it's all downhill to Central Market. On our big loop, I found myself falling in love with our city all over again. As we passed burrito stands, barber shops, tattoo parlors, churches, brew pubs, and art studios. What a wonderful way, place to live and to walk. And all of this got me to thinking about a verse in the second chapter of 1 John that calls us to walk as Jesus walked. Walk as Jesus walked. And I got to be thinking, what if our church all started taking that more and more literally? Each according to our ability. Maybe joining the women's group this Friday when they walk their 10 miles back and forth to Central Market. You can walk the whole way, 10 miles, it's a long way. Or you can walk halfway or a mile, or you can join them for the last 10 steps. They're, just join them and then share lunch in our conference room with them. I've never seen a group having a better time together. They laugh and laugh and laugh. Or maybe walking might mean joining our walkers and bikers on the third Sunday of Creation Care Commute Sunday. Or maybe joining the Race Against Racism in April. Or maybe it might mean just simply walking your dog around the block. Or strolling down the hallway of your retirement community and praying to God for the ability to see God's image in everyone you meet. Do you see it? People connecting in our disconnected world. Strengthening the social fabric wherever we go, wherever our feet take us. And caring for creation and strengthening our bodies along the way. So friends, I have a dream. Actually, it's not my dream. It's a shared dream that's been slow cooking in our congregation for many, many, many years. A dream of us, our church, being known far and wide as the church that walks together. Relationally, financially, emotionally, prayerfully, and with our feet. Let us be known as East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church, the congregation that loves walking together, matching the pace and the strides of Jesus, moving together at the speed of love, and inviting all our neighbors to come join us in following Jesus together. It's our way of life. It's our path of love. Amen.